0: All right, I'm preaching uh, this morning something that um, is. um, I titled it, I gave it a funny title because I want to loosen you up a little bit before I get into this topic. Uh, So this is kind of in jest. And so I'm going to talk to you today. And the title of this message is Easily Offended People Offend Me. (laughs) Let's say that again. Easily Offended People Offend Me. Which I guess makes me easily offendable. <laughs> so I'll let you try to figure out that riddle. Um, apparently I apparently offend myself, but easily offended people offend me. And it's, it's, it's not really true, but this, it's a good way for you to remember. I want to talk to you um, about offense, offense. Not a fence, but offense. And I'm hoping that by the end of this message that we can learn to become unoffendable. Yeah. How many of you like, would like to be unoffendable? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to teach you what the Bible says and how practically you can take steps forward to be unoffendable. And I want to talk about offense for a moment because I want you to understand it and the destructiveness of, of it before I teach you how to get out of it. And so uh, I was thinking about this, and I mentioned this to my wife last night when we were driving home uh, from, uh, from going to dinner with some family. And uh, we were on our way home, and I was talking about what I was going to preach. And, and I said to her, you know, honey, when is the last time anything positive came into our lives because of offense? want to ask you that question. When is the last time because of an offense that you had that something positive came as a result of that offense? Think about the time, the effort, the emotions, all that we have, all that we do that we pour into being offended. And at the end of the day, it doesn't produce anything positive for us. I want to read this out of Matthew twenty four ten. I'm using the Amplified Bible, and I've never—I don't think I've ever preached primarily from the Amplified Bible. But the reason I'm using it is because the word that's used uh, for offense or offended in both the King James and and the New American Standard and the NIV and the New King James and the New Living Translation is actually the word stumble. But we've been taught wrong uh, in many scriptures and what that word stumble means. And it doesn't mean in the context of these scriptures that I'm reading, it doesn't mean to like just mess up, you know, like to do something you're not supposed to do. But it actually, the word stumble, if you research the meaning of it, it actually means offense. So when the Bible says don't cause someone else to stumble, it means don't offend them. Right? So the, the, the Amplified Bible actually uses the word offense or offended or offend. And so that's why I'm using that translation so you don't get confused. Matthew 24.10, reading from the Amplified, it says, And then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him who they ought to trust and obey and will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. I see I've got some fans out there this morning. Don't all the groupies get excited at once, all right? And then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert with whom they ought to trust and obey and will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. This is talking about... uh, primarily of the latter days. I don't want to say the last days, but the latter days. And I really honestly and wholeheartedly believe that if there was ever a time in the body of Christ and in the church where people didn't trust, where people were abandoning their belief systems, where people were falling away and betraying one another and pursuing hatred with one another, I believe that in the general body of Christ that more than ever before the scripture is happening. There's probably not a person in this room that has not been hurt or betrayed by another fellow believer or by a church or a ministry or a pastor. Many of us carry this morning in, in this building, we carry an offense towards the church or the body of Christ because of something somebody said or did to us. And so this is what I believe happens to us in our Christian walk. And if you're writing stuff down, this is good to write down. I believe that you can be paralyzed standing on the outskirts of the valley of victory in your life with offense. I believe that you can be paralyzed standing on the outskirts of the valley of victory because of offense. What does that mean? That means that many of us are close enough to hear people that are experiencing victory and freedom in their life, that are overcoming, that are seeing the promises of God fulfilled in their life. Many of us are close enough to see it, taste it, smell it, hear it, but we're standing on the outskirts and we're unable to enter into the valley of victory. We're unable to enter into the promises of God in our life because of offence. And I thought this is kind of cute, but a fence really is a fence. It really does keep you out of what God really has for you. And oftentimes we go through the wilderness, right? We go through dark places. We overcome one difficult, horrific, terrible thing in our life, and we beat those things back, and we receive what God has for us, and we know that he loves us, and we begin to get our identity in him, and we, we're going to church, and we've got great friends, and we're pursuing God, and, and we're really doing great. And one of the last traps that the enemy has for you and me, when all the other things are behind us, when you're not looking to cheat on your wife, when you're not not looking to go out and... and, and, and defraud somebody or or, or or beat somebody up and you've, you're past that lifestyle and you finally are getting past all that stuff and you, you're in a great place in your life. One of the final traps that will keep you just close enough to see people that are victorious but not entering into it for yourself is offense. An offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. It is like an animal trap. If you've ever seen a trapper trap, like if you've ever had a, a, a raccoon or a squirrel that got in your attic and you had to call one of those wildlife guys who none of them seem to wear um, deodorant. But anyways, that's another. And <laughs> I don't know why that just hit me, but I just, I just bad memories from my childhood or something. And, and, and they come out and they set a trap. There's c- certain elements of a good trap whether you're trapping out wildlife or in a domestic situation, there's some good elements of a trap that, that is used to capture that animal. And the enemy uses these elements in, in the trap of offense to get you and I. And I want to tell you what they are. Oftentimes, the two major elements of a good trap are the fact that it's hidden or camouflaged, right? It's number 1. And the second thing is it oftentimes has some sort of bait. To define, right, you don't see it, so you're not you're not afraid of it, so you get close enough to it because it's camouflaged, right? And I'm going to teach you what this is in a second. And you get close enough to that trap. The animal doesn't know it's there, so he's not afraid to get near it. But when he gets close enough to it, he smells the bait. And the bait lures that animal in, right? And boom they're caught. In the context of offense, I want to teach you what it's hidden in, and I want to teach you what the bait is. And when we understand that, I can give you the scripture and the principles that God's given us in order to never be offended again. So let me show you this. The trap of offense is hidden or camouflaged by justification. I'm going to explain to you what that means in a moment. The trap of offense is hidden or camouflaged by justification. I just want you to put on your thinking caps for a moment with me. It looks like this. I don't deserve to be talked to that way. What she did was wrong. I have a right to be upset or offended. Any time you say, I have a right, you're pulling out the card of justification, I've talked to four of my friends about this situation. All four of them agree with me. I have grounds to be offended. I talked to Tabitha. She was one of them. She doesn't even like me, and she still agrees I should be mad. No offense to the Tabithas in the room. We love you. Justification, I'm justified in how I feel, therefore, I don't see the trap. My vision is blurred and altered by me feeling justified in what I feel. And because I feel this way, I don't think I'm getting close to a trap. Meanwhile, we've taken that many steps closer to being trapped by a fence. The bait in the trap of offense is retribution. It's the final thing that draws us in that closes the door. And retribution looks this way. He needs to learn his lesson. If she thinks things are just going to go back to normal, like they were before she said that, she is crazier than I thought. Here's, here's another picture of retribution. Because of what you've done to me, or you said about me, I'm going to shut down our relationship to punish you. And what you communicate is this. You communicate our relationship it's not worth a healthy confrontation to resolve and clear anything up that could cause offense. That's right. That's right. That's right. Say, you know, now what's funny is, um, I get messages on a regular basis from people. They leave me voicemail messages, they text me, they send messages through people, they hit me up on Facebook, I get messages, right? And recently I've gotten some messages on Facebook, Some people are offended at something I did or said. Some people are offended at something somebody else did or said, which I'm somehow responsible for because I control all of you guys. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) And so I get these messages sometimes in Facebook. And what's interesting is that I, I know I had a couple of them in the first service. I don't know if any are here today. People have recently messaged me. And I know they think he must be preaching this because I sent him that message. Here's the thing. It has nothing to do with you. Because if I waited for a gap in time where somebody wasn't offended with me about something, I would never preach this message. Do you know what I mean? So I just got to bite the bullet, let the people know that are offended. It's not about them in particular, but if the shoe fits, there you go. Yeah, if the shoe fits, eat it, right? So... (laughs) You know, like you're putting your foot in your mouth? Never mind. All right. So the the camouflage, the way that it's hidden, is through justification. And the bait that lures us into offense is retribution. It's the idea that if I've got to let them know and punish them in a way that necessarily doesn't make me look bad, right? So I save face. But they're punished for what they've done to me because they have to pay a price. And I'm the one that brings that. And so I either shut down, I tell everybody and anybody what they did or or said to me. So, So other people around them think they're terrible. Or whatever else, whatever else way, cunning way we can come up with having retribution and getting back at somebody. When we do that, that, in that moment, when we both allow ourselves to just not think that this is a trap because we're justifying it. And then we take the bait of figuring out a way to get back at that person. What we've done is we have no longer encountered a difficult situation or something that somebody said that was wrong or something somebody did that was wrong or was supposed to do and they didn't do. But now we're no longer circling that saying, hmm, but then we take it. And we allow it to run with us the rest of our life. And that's why it's often referred to as picking up an offense. Because if you don't pick it up, then you'll never be offended. When you pick up an offense, this is what it produces. Hurt, anger, outrage, jealousy, envy, resentment, strife, bitterness, And hatred and the consequences of this are we are full of insults we attack we wound we divide we separate we have broken relationships we're willing to betray this is what that one thing that was said that one thing that was done when we pick it up and we carry it with us this is what it produces in our life Now the reason I'm preaching this is because if I listed the number of people that have upset me or offended me over the years or our family at all we would be here a long time we don't have enough time a long time I am preaching not to you I am preaching to us I'm preaching because I want to be unoffendable and I want a church that's unoffendable. I want to be so free from this trap that destroys us from the inside out that causes anger and bitterness and resentment. I, want to, I don't care what I have to do in order to get free of this. I don't know about you, but I want to be free of it. And I'm going to give you the, the way that you can become free of this. How many of you honestly can say, I want to be unoffendable and free of the offense in my life? This is what it produces, and I want you to think about this. I, I, uh, I until recently, I, I've decided I, I drink too many crazy drinks—not the type you're thinking about. But I like Coke, like nobody's business. I'll pick up uh, a Red Bull of some sort. Uh, Rockstar came out with an organic one that made me feel better about life. <laughs> I, I, I love drinks, lemonade sweet tea. I drink my calories. I know that's hard to believe, but I drink my ca- I love that stuff. And so I'm stopping at the store all the time. Up until recently, about, a, about, uh, about 10 days ago, I cut that off and I've been drinking nothing but water, which is a miserable lifestyle. It's miserable. But I literally, if I'm at the gas station, I go into the gas station. I'm just being honest with you. I go into the gas station and I cr- cruise the aisle of non-alcoholic drinks looking for something new to try. I just do. That that lifestyle's over, though, at least temporarily. I need a support group. But if if there was a can of something, I don't care how fancy the graphics were, because, you know, the more colorful the can, the more likely I'm going to buy it. There was one that came out that was like sours. You know, it was supposed to taste like sour candy. But it was so colorful, I knew it was going to be a terrible thing. I couldn't help myself but try it once. But what if there was a can, and on the label, instead of it saying it's going to provide mental focus, it's pride energy, people are going to love you, you'll be smarter, better looking, whatever. It says, this can produces hurt, anger, outrage, jealousy, bitterness, resentment, hatred, broken relationships. Would you pick it up and drink it? You're lying. Because we pick it up all the time and swig it down with one gulp. It's the can of offense. Because what you say or do to me, it could be terrible, it could be wrong, but I have a choice whether or not I'm going to pick it up and drink it. It doesn't justify what you said, It doesn't make up for what you said. It doesn't mean that what you said isn't hurtful. It doesn't mean that you're not hurt by what's said. But if you pick up that can of offense and decide to take the bait and allow it to take root in your life, it will destroy you from the inside out. I'm going to teach you right now how to finally be free from offense. You ready for this? (laughs) If you're not ready by now, I don't know what to tell you. Check this out. This is God's counsel to overcome offense in your life. Luke 17, verse 3. Pay attention and always be on your guard, looking out for one another. If your brother sins or misses the mark, solemnly tell him so and reprove him. And if he repents, feel sorry for having sinned, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, I'm sorry, you must forgive him. Give up resentment and consider the offense as recalled and annulled. As if it never happened. I was recently counseling somebody and the, one of the spouses was like, I just want to ask forgiveness. I'm sorry I did this. And the other spouse said, it's just a bunch of hot air. <laughs> right? No, no. It's, it's, it was probably true. It could, it could have been hot air. I don't know. But we have to learn to forgive people even if we think it's hot air. Even if we think what they're saying isn't genuine, we have to learn to forgive. And I noticed something about you and I. There is a muscle, a spiritual muscle inside of us that we can develop that is called forgiveness. Right? If you learn to forgive well with the small things, when you get that big test, when you want to take out your hand and slap somebody, when you want to slash their tires, when you want to run them over but not kill them, let's be clear about that, when you get that angry... With somebody that has wronged you, it'll be a heck of a lot easier if you've developed a lifestyle of forgiveness. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when somebody does something really small to you that's no big deal, learn to forgive them. Do you know what most of the time what our response is to that? Let me tell you, because I, I, I'll, I'll speak for me. Uh, I apparently am arrogant and have issues, all right? Because this is the way I respond. I'm going to be real raw with you. And my mom and dad's like, no. <laughs> I joked around with somebody the other day. I said, I said sometimes I let out 10% of the real Dan and everybody gets upset. So we're going to get 9% today. No, no. So this is what happens. What? Yeah. 10%. So here we go. So, this is what happens. Somebody does something wrong to me, something small, something, you know, just offhanded comment, and it's just not a big deal. It's not earth shattering. I'm not going to go home and lose sleep about it. But still, I was miffed. I'm like, hey, that wasn't very nice, right? Anybody, you know, I'm talking about those level of offenses, right? I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, what's this idiot th- saying, right? And they come up to you and say, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. This is my response. This is my arrogant response, and this might be your response. I say, no need to, no need to ask for forgiveness. You have, nothing, you have nothing to apologize for, right? You have nothing to apologize for. Come on, does anyone else say that? You say, oh, it's no big deal. Now, we're trying to look like we're really humble, and, oh, you know, it's just, oh, you don't need to apologize. But really what we're saying is, you really think that hurt me? Deep down inside, we're hurt. We have an opportunity to exercise the muscle of forgiveness and begin to build that muscle up so that when we really, really, really need it, it's strong and it's there. It's not atrophied. If you want to see atrophied muscles, look up here. Okay? I don't go to the gym. I know that shocks you. My version of going to the gym is going to my brother Jim's house. I call that going to the gym. So... so, Yeah, all right. So you have to build that muscle. It has to become strong so that when you're given the opportunity to, when you really, 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 somebody really is asking for it, you already have gotten in the habit of learning to forgive. So instead of just saying, oh, you don't need, no, no, you don't need to say anything to me. You can say, you know what? Thanks. I, I, I totally forgive you. You know, I forgive you. And learn to forgive. Learn to have a lifestyle of forgiveness. That's the first thing you can learn to do. Learn to forgive in the small things, and you'll be able to forgive when it really, really, really counts. The second thing is this. It's found in Acts 24. It's not even 12 o'clock, so don't get nervous. Therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself, mortifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, worldly desires, Endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, void of offense toward God and men. So, the first thing is, like I just said, the first thing is learn to forgive well, right? Learn to give, forgive in the small things. The second thing is prepare your response in advance. Prepare your response in advance. In other words, learn to develop a response in advance of somebody saying something they shouldn't or doing something they shouldn't to you. Learn to respond in advance. Make up your mind, because it's only a matter of time before somebody throws something out there that you can pick up as an offense. Learn in advance how to respond, how to train your mind, train yourself to respond. Think about it. When you talk to the Lord, Tell them, Lord, help me in advance to make my mind up to see past the smokescreen of hurtful things or hurtful actions and realize that the person that's doing it or saying it is a human being that you love. And I want to see past that into the intent of their heart and have compassion for them instead of getting, you know, figuring out a way to get back at them. Amen. Develop that in your heart. I, I, I told this story in the first service. We, a couple years ago, had some folks that Actually, we had a couple, and then we had another person. We, we had some people that just, they were offering up a big, beautiful, hot apple pie of offense that they wanted us to take a bite of. And to a degree, I think some of us did. Uh, for my family, we're, some of us just were so upset and offended at what was done and said. And if I describe it to you, you'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, you, you needed to be offended. That's bad right? The worst possible things that were said and done against us. And I remember just being in the middle of that and everything inside of me during the day, I would make myself say, you know, we have to do the right thing. During the day, I was like, I'm going to do the right thing. And then I would go to bed at night and I would dream, maybe it was a nightmare, but I would dream ways of getting back at them. That's what the darkness brings. No, I would literally dream at night. What, don't act like you've never done this before. <laughs> Last night. Am I the only human being that's ever done this? I, I, I thought about, I thought about, I shouldn't say this on camera. I'll have them edit it out. I thought about breaking out a window so when they were away, their animal would escape. I didn't think it i dreamt it i can't control my dreams i I thought about slashing their tires i thought about i I thought about um just um um, spray painting on their house i thought about all different ways of getting back at them dreamed 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 about ways nightmare nightmare just be I cannot believe you all are in here acting like you've never done this. You're like, I am so offended at you, Pastor Dan. You thought about these things. It was a long time ago, like a year ago, okay? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) More like three, but still not good. Uh, Three days. I dreamt. I dreamt of ways to get back at them. And then during the day, I'd be like, what was I dreaming? That's terrible. We can't do that. We've got to... You have to literally develop in yourself a yep. response. Yeah. You can't allow that, that deep, very true, very authentic feeling that rises up inside of you where you know this, it's so real that I'm dreaming about it. You know it's real when you're dreaming about it. And it was so real. The hurt was so bad. I cannot allow this to take root in my life. I have to develop a different response and make a decision that I'm not going to allow this to destroy me from the inside out. Amen. Last thing is this. It's found in Psalms 119. There's a whole lot of verses in that chapter. We're going to be reading verse 165 says this great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them what does it say up there great peace have they who love your law nothing shall offend them or make them stumble great peace are those that love it what does it mean to love thy law doesn't mean go be an attorney we got enough of them right doesn't mean go be an attorney or paralegal To love God's law means to love his word. Now, when you love something, you want to hang out with it. See where I'm going with this? That's where everybody gets up and leaves. If you fall in love with the word of God, and you begin to read it, absorb it, talk about it, discuss it, allow it to take root in your life, with God's word is his identity. And when you begin to absorb the identity of God in your life and you begin to understand what he says about you and what he thinks about you, then what other people say or do doesn't matter anymore. Does it mean that it won't make make me upset or hurt me? No, but you won't allow it to take root. Because you will replace what they said with what God says. And let me tell you something. When you compare what man says about you to what God says about you, there's no comparison. On the battlefield of opinions, God's opinion wins out every time. But if you don't know what God says about you, then you can allow that void in your life to be filled with what somebody says or does to you. So a love affair with God's word, his, 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 thoughts towards us his understanding for us his his desire to see us do well the fact that we are his creation the fact that he's called us the fact that he has formed us uh, in his image all of these things that we get and we absorb from the word of God fill the void of opinion in our life that once it's filled that man can no longer fill and no matter what's done or said you will not pick up that offense and run with it and allow it to destroy your life Come on, this is good. This is good. I'm going I'm to give you the Reader's Digest version. Are you ready? Prepare yourself. This is the part we'll put on the internet, and then we'll make everyone buy the rest, okay? It's real simple. Offense has never produced anything good in your life. Offense is a trap. It's hidden. It's hidden. Come on. It is hidden and camouflaged with justification. The bait is Retribution. Making that person pay. It produces hatred. It produces bitterness, resentment, anger. Allows us to be to, to it's betrayal, broken relationships. All of these things that we've talked about. It produces all of that. The way that we walk out of it is we learn together. We we learn to forgive well. To forgive in the small things. We develop a lifestyle. and and build the muscle inside of us, we develop a lifestyle where in advance, we make our mind up to respond the godly way. And the last thing is we fall in love with the word of God and see the word of God replace the opinions of man in our life and allow us to become what I described this morning as unoffendable. Amen. That was a sermon in one minute right there. You can preach that to your friends. Stand to your feet. As I close, how many of you... I get up here because I want to be able to see everybody. As I close... Um, this morning, I wonder if you'd just be honest with your moment and say, Dan, I, I know in my heart right now I'm carrying an offense. You say, I, I needed to hear this. I'm carrying an offense. Something that's weighed me down for a while. You can put your hands down. That's more than half of this room. When you see that it will never produce anything positive in your life and you see what it's done to hold you on the outskirts of the valley of victory... To hold you away from the beautiful, lush, amazing things that God has in store for your life. It has been a fence preventing you from entering into the promised land of things here on the earth in your life. You can finally really have the motivation to do what the word of God says and to become unoffendable and forgive and release the offense in your life. Learn to forgive small, the small things. Learn to forgive it. Learn to have healthy confrontation when somebody upsets you. Healthy confrontation is real simple. Danny Silk puts it this way. He talks about it, I believe, in his Keep Your Love On book. He calls it brave communication, which means it's usually things that you do, a conversation you don't want to have. Everything inside of you is saying, don't have this conversation but you're brave enough because you value the relationship enough that you're willing to have that brave communication and brave communication looks like this, I want you to see this mom, come here for a second I'm going to pick on you for a moment, okay brave communication is not this I'm brave I'm going to bravely communicate you said something really stupid last week really made me mad i want to let you know how hurtful you are so you don't do it again you understand me what you said was hurtful and it really ticked me off and it was dumb and from what i've, t- I've talked to some people about this already and they, they told me you do this a lot that is not brave communication that's dumb communication this is brave communication let me show you Hey, I care about our relationship enough. I want to talk to you for a moment. Do you have a moment? No? No. So, I care about our relationship enough, and I just want to let you know, something happened last week, um, something you just said in a comment. I'm not sure how you meant it, and I don't want to read too far into it, but it upset me. It just, it did. And I, and I care about our relationship enough. I want to get out in the open and give you an opportunity to tell me what the intent of what you said was so that we can move on in our relationship and that there's not something between us. And so she might say to me, you know, that's actually not how I meant it. I meant it totally different. And then I say, okay, you know, I just misread it. You know, I, you know. and she says, I hope you forgive me. And I say, absolutely, I do. And we move on. Or she might say, you know what? It was really stupid what I said. And I shouldn't have said that. I had a terrible day. My husband was acting up again. My kids, four out of the five kids, were acting like idiots. I'll let you guess which one wasn't. And I just had a rough day, and I took it out on you. I'm sorry. Hey, it's no big deal. I'm sorry you had a rough day. I forgive you. That's what brave communication looks like. It's not accusing or backing somebody into a new corner or making them feel or punishing them for what they said, but giving them an opportunity to talk it out with you in a really healthy and positive way so you can move forward in your relationship and the motivation behind this communication is always relationship it's always relationship I want to have a relationship with you, this is why I'm talking to you come on, is that good? let's bow our head you can put this into practice on your ride home you can call somebody on the phone on your ride home Uh, today and put this into practice. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us this pattern to be unoffendable. So Lord, we receive, Lord, uh, this instruction this morning that we would be a people that are, that are, that's very difficult to offend. So thank you, Lord, uh, Lord, that we can learn to forgive well. We can develop a lifestyle where in advance we've made up our mind on how we're going to respond. And Lord, we immerse ourselves in the word of God. We love your word so that we can replace the opinions of man with your opinion for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says.